Welcome to the Kiara Goes Global podcast, a space for young adults to explore all things travel, lifestyle, and well-being. We share stories and real talk as we navigate adulthood, and we hope to inspire you to show up as your full self throughout life's journey. Guided by your host, Kiara Mason, let's enjoy this journey together. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are going to be chatting about the biggest lessons that I have learned from therapy. I want to do a quick just disclaimer and also a bit of a trigger warning before we dive in. Full disclosure, I'm obviously not a licensed therapist, so everything that we'll be discussing today is really just my own opinion from my own experiences. And we are going to be talking a lot about mental health, anxiety, self-worth, grief, and suicide as well. So make sure you're in a safe space before you engage with this episode. And if you are feeling suicidal in any way, there is a 24-7 helpline in Canada. I will list the number for you if that's a place that you feel like you need to contact right now. Their 24-7 helpline is 1-833-456-4566. So just keep that in mind. That helpline is available to you 24-7 if you are feeling suicidal or like you're not in a good place right now. If you've been following me for a little bit, you'll know that I've been going to therapy for a while, and recently I've actually been on the hunt for a new therapist. So unfortunately, in my move to Ontario, which is where I'm currently living in Toronto, I had some benefits changes, and now I need to find someone that is actually located in Toronto in order to receive coverage for the therapy that I'm getting. So in the process of looking for someone new, I've been doing a lot of thinking about all of the things that I want this person to have in terms of their qualifications, their approach, and more. And during that thought process, I've also spent a lot of time reflecting on my past few years of therapy and considering everything that I've learned. So today I'm going to be sharing all of those big lessons with you. One of the first tips that I have and one of my major learnings from therapy is to start with your basic needs first. So these basic needs can include sleeping, eating, moving your body, and connecting with people. When things get overwhelming, my therapist always reminds me to go back to the basics. You really need to have these basic needs met before you can do anything else. So starting with being in that really supportive and safe space where you feel like you're being taken care of is so important. And there's nothing that's more important than your well-being. So make sure that you are taking care of all of these basic needs before you do anything else. The next big tip that I have 
is honoring who you are and what point you're at on your journey. Being honest with yourself about how you're feeling and not sugarcoating your situation can be really important to recognize where your mental health is actually at and how much help you might need in that moment. It's really important to prioritize yourself and what is going to feel best for you in the moment rather than thinking about others. Of course, bad days and good days will always come and being grateful for those good days when they are there is super key. Along with that, you can also challenge the perspectives you might have that are not serving you. So this has been really important for me to learn as well. You don't owe anyone anything. So you don't have to give in to anything that doesn't make you feel good. You are truly the only one who can determine what it is that will make you happy in the moment. And you really have to make those decisions for yourself because no one else can tell you what feels good for you. So this is where it comes back into honoring yourself and where you're at. Recognizing where you're at is so important. And it's equally important to recognize that however you are feeling, you are not weak, you are not a burden, and you don't have to deal with everything on your own. And that's a really important reminder that I always remind myself of as well, is we don't have to go through these things on our own. There's people that you can count on to help you through difficult times. Anxiety has been one of the big mental health challenges that I've had to deal with. And I've learned a lot about it during my time in therapy. So I'm gonna share a few key takeaways that are really specific to anxiety. So first and foremost, your anxiety has to go somewhere. If it just stays in your body, it's going to be even more challenging because it will build up inside of you. So it's a lot better to just get it out. It's really helpful to have different outlets for anxiety and also for your emotions in general. So this could include talking to someone like a friend, family member, pet, or in therapy. Writing or journaling is another good outlet that I use a lot. And exercising is a good one too, especially if you just can feel it building up in your body and you just need to let it out. Exercise can be a really great release as well. When it does come to anxiety, I think that we often imagine the worst case scenario when we're really anxious. One of the ways that you can counter that is by trying to imagine the best case scenario instead. This is something that my therapist reminds me all the time. What if everything actually works out or works out even better than you could have imagined? It might not sound realistic at the time, especially if you're in a negative pattern of thinking, but it is a very real possibility. So keep that in mind. 
An additional way to combat this thinking is by asking yourself, what is the evidence? This is a really helpful tip that my therapist shared with me is if you're feeling anxious about something to ask yourself, what is the evidence that supports this? And likely you'll find that there's very little evidence to actually support whatever negative outcome or thought that you might have. So that's just a helpful tool to, to use in different thinking patterns. Another way to challenge any negative self-talk you might be having is with positive affirmations. One example is saying to yourself, I am choosing to do this rather than I have to do this. If that is still feeling like too much of a stretch for you, challenging a negative with a positive, then you can just challenge it with something that is neutral, such as I am doing the best that I can. On a similar note, instead of using thinking that is very all or nothing, try to find more of a middle ground. This is something that is very difficult for me. I get caught up in all or nothing thinking a lot. And so I try to always bring myself back to that neutral middle ground. And that really helps with getting out of negative thought patterns. Something else that I think comes up a lot is wanting to do more. This might come up in order to feel like you are more in control of a situation and therefore less anxious. It's a tendency to overfunction and it's actually a trauma response because you're wanting to do more to protect yourself from any negative outcome. So one way to combat this is to try doing less, which can be very difficult. For me, this shows up a lot when it comes to the work that I do. And so my therapist always reminds me that doing more of something is not actually the way to prove yourself to someone. You can just simply do enough and be great at that amount that you're doing. So just keep that in mind. When you do find those moments where life is getting more stressful, you actually need to add in more self-care things. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. And this is something my therapist reminds me of a lot. When your stress goes up, whatever you're doing for self-care should go up even higher so that it can balance out. And the more that we take time for self-care, the stronger that we are individually to show up for the people in our lives. And finally, thoughts are not facts. This is a really important reminder to keep reminding yourself of. And even if you had an experience once, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. Knowing that we'll always experience ups and downs and it is normal to have mood fluctuations is so key and practice taking it one day at a time. So another thing that I want to dive into is talking about prioritizing work-life balance. This is so huge and as I transitioned from 
being in university as a student to working full-time as a real adult, this is something that became even more important. I tend to be someone who is very invested in my work, as I kind of alluded to already. But one thing that I've learned from my therapist is that your work isn't always going to fill you up. And you need to have hobbies and obviously a life outside of work that you enjoy as well. So finding these areas that give you worthiness and not having your work consume you is so important. It's also key to recognize that one part of you is not your whole identity. You are a multifaceted human who can love doing a lot of different things. When it comes to high pressure work environments specifically, it's really important to practice realistic thinking and focus only on the things that you can control. Not everything can actually be a high priority. So make sure you're spending that time to differentiate between needs and wants. You are also not responsible for picking up the slack. And this comes back to that want or that desire to feel like you have to do more. That's not your responsibility. You're allowed to slow down and taking breaks for self-care is so important. Trying not to bury yourself in work and allowing yourself to actually lean into your feelings and lean into other areas of your life as well is super necessary. And this is where boundaries really come in. So whether you're trying to achieve more of a work-life balance or if you simply want to lean in to more hobbies outside of work, boundaries are so essential to do so. The simplest way that I can conceptualize boundaries is allowing you to maintain your commitment to different areas of your life without one overtaking the other. So this is something that I've struggled with a lot in the past, but I'm slowly getting better at it. My recent job change has played a big role in this. And when we sometimes get that new role, there's often that negotiation of new boundaries as well. Anytime you have to make a change, there will never be a perfect time to do that. And of course, any change that you're making doesn't have to be forever. Ask yourself what feels fulfilling right now in the moment and chase that. Along the lines of boundaries is relationships and how you negotiate those. I've struggled quite a bit with these in the past, especially when it comes to friendships. And so I'm going to share some more tips in this area that are also related to those boundaries as well. One of the most important things to note is that people are not mind readers. I always have to remind myself of this. No one can read your mind. So you have to communicate your own needs and expressing your needs is not a bad thing. It will help whoever you're in a relationship or a friendship with to determine if you are able to meet the needs of one another. 
if you are truly asking for too much in a relationship or a friendship, then the person on the other end should be able to tell you and also be able to express their needs as well. Of course, on the flip side of this, you never know what's going on with another person until you ask either. So make sure that you're not making assumptions. Friendships and relationships in general should always be 50-50. And if you find yourself putting in more than 50% of the effort, then you might want to take a step back. If your friendship winds up going away after this happens, then maybe it wasn't really there to begin with. To me, one of the most important things I've learned is that fulfilling friendships have equal effort. It's the same thing for all relationships as well. It's really important that both parties are putting in that effort. Along those lines, it's not your job to help someone to change. They have to take responsibility for that. There is only so much that you can do because you can only control your 50% of the relationship. And if it's not something that's a two-way street, then it might not be worth your time. When it comes to friendships and relationships, self-reflection is also really important. It's so key to consider what is the most meaningful in friendships for you, and then go from there to find the relationships that will be the most fulfilling. One of the final lessons that I want to share that I've learned from my time in therapy is to allow yourself to fully process grief and to feel your feelings in general. After losing a loved one to suicide just over a year ago, I have been processing a lot of grief in the past while, and it's something that I've discussed at length with my therapist. One of the most important takeaways that I've had about this subject is that there's no time limit on grieving. Hearing this from my therapist over and over has felt healing in itself for me. At times, it can also feel a little bit distressing because it feels like it will never end. In some ways, it does, and in other ways, it doesn't. It's true when they say that your life really grows around grief. You'll definitely still have hard days, and those hard days will likely hit you harder than the good days. But I still think it's really important to be grateful for those good days regardless. Another thing that happened while I was grieving is feeling like all of the progress I had made so far in terms of my mental health had gone away. My therapist was really kind to remind me that even when we have setbacks, we're never going back to ground zero. We can get back into it 
and we're allowed to take our time. She also reminded me that losing someone can really make you reevaluate your priorities in life, and that's something that I definitely felt. I wanted to feel as fully alive as possible in my life, and it was suggested to me that the best way to feel truly alive is to listen to your body and give it what it needs. Being present in the moment is a really big part of this, so I try to stay focused on the present rather than thinking about the past or the future. So that's a lot to take in, a lot of different learnings, and when I really take the time to reflect on everything that I've learned, I realize just how much I have learned and probably how much I still have to go. It does make me feel really proud of how far I've come. And like I said, I know I still have a ways to go, but having all of these tips that I've learned in one place feels really surreal. And I am very confident that therapy will continue to be a positive tool for me for managing my mental health. So if you are at the stage where you are considering whether or not therapy is something you want or you need or you're interested in, take this as your sign to do it. I truly believe that everyone can benefit from therapy and I really encourage you to find what will work best for you. Thank you for listening to all of my ramblings and everything that I've learned throughout the years, but it is a lot and it's something that I really wanted to share with the community. And I hope that if you do get involved with therapy, that it will be just as transformational for you as it has been for me. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Kiara Goes Global podcast. For more ways to connect with us, you can visit our website at kiaragoesglobal.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We can't wait to connect with you again next time.